Hi, welcome to The Road Least Traveled. My name is Suli and I'm your host. In this podcast, I share with you what I've learned from my journey of self-awareness and spiritual awakening, and also some simple and practical tips to help you in your own journey. So stay with me. Let's work this thing out together. Hi everyone, I hope you're having a good day or you've had a good day and uh, settling in for the night. Listen, before I start, I want to ask you a simple question. Would you buy a car without indicators that tell you that your car is low on fuel or it needs an oil change, it's overheating or if the brakes are failing? Would you? I mean, these are indicators of the car's internal conditions. Of course, you wouldn't buy one that doesn't give you the warning signs, would you? So today I'm going to do a whole episode on triggers because I find that they're very useful indicators of our mental and spiritual health. Now, I want to say that I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. I'm just an ordinary person who went through some tough times. I know that we each have a unique path and that no two people have the exact same path. I'm just sharing with you what I've learned so you feel supported through this journey. It's a lonely one, but it's worth it. Triggers are things that people say or things that happen to cause us to be irritated, uncomfortable, sad or angry. Um, It's normal for us to react instantly and blame the other person for what they said. I mean, I had so many triggers and I couldn't keep up telling everyone not to say this and not to say that. But that wasn't the point. You see, I missed the point. And now I find that triggers are the best things that happened to me. You see, I asked myself, Would I get mad at the red light on the dashboard of my car for telling me that my brakes aren't working? No, I wouldn't. I'd be grateful. So this is why when someone triggers us, we shouldn't blame that person. I mean, look, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to respond to someone. I'm just just telling you from my experience that... uh, The more I fought the triggers, the more I wanted people to stop, the more miserable I got because because what was deeply ingrained in me, what set off that was deeply ingrained in me that other people set off um, wasn't their fault. You know, the onus was on me to look into why I was so triggered by what they said. People can say whatever they want. You can choose not to interact with them anymore and uh, unfriend them and, you know, forget the whole incident. Or we could look into what they said that triggered us, which is actually a whole lot more important. I know it's only natural to get annoyed and to have this knee-jerk reaction to lash out at them, to be angry at someone who triggered us. But really, there's no point in dwelling over it. It's, It's just a waste of your time. You can allow yourself to be mad at them for like a second or two, and then we change our mindset. Think from the perspective of self-love. When I didn't have any self-love, I found that I just refused to look into myself. And this seems counterintuitive, but with self-love, we stop blaming others. 
and we look within instead. It's just like if you value your car, you'd take the dashboard warning sign seriously, wouldn't you? And you wouldn't neglect your brakes just because you're spending all your time blaming the flashing red light. When someone triggers us, it's the best indicator of our mental and spiritual health. At that time that someone triggers us, yes, it can be very difficult to remain calm. Our ego takes control and sometimes it flares up and spirals into an argument or stay in our heads and causes us to ruminate over the incident for hours or days. And some people ruminate over a trigger for years. I know I did. There was this one particular trigger that I ruminated over for oh, six, seven years. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much effort and time I wasted on that. This kind of ruminating perpetuates the same trigger to happen again and again. It perpetuates the same trigger to happen again and again because when we ruminate over a trigger over what someone said to us and resent that, we're actually brainwashing ourselves and we're collecting a lot of baggage. So, you know, when they say that your external circumstances reflect your internal state, I find that there's a lot of resistance to it because it sounds like victim blaming, like it's blaming you for what happens to you or what people say to you. So let me reframe the statement to this. Whatever people say or do that triggers us, therein lies a past trauma or hurt that we haven't dealt with. Does that sound better? Yeah, I think so. So when they say we create our own reality, it's true because subconsciously we're always looking for evidence of what we believe life to be or what we believe our life to be. So if someone says 10 things and one of them is a trigger for you, then we tend to focus on that one thing. We're just trying to find evidence of who we think we are. If you look back to all the times that you were triggered, you'll see a pattern. And if you go further back, you'll find the root cause of your triggers. And that usually comes from childhood. Okay, so here are some root causes that you may not be aware of. I'm going to give you a long list so you'll resonate with some and you won't with others. I, I just want to cover as many as possible. We were neglected. We were ignored, unheard, unseen. We were compared to our siblings. We were constantly praised and told that we were the smart one and uh, we could do no wrong. We were told that we weren't smart. We were told that we were ridiculous. We were praised for our good looks. We were called the ugly duckling. We were the dependable one or we were the irresponsible one. We were told that we were crazy. We were told that we were selfish. We were told that we were malicious told that we weren't worth anything. We were treated with disrespect. We were dehumanized, treated like an object. So as you can see, this list can go on forever because, you know, everyone has a unique set of root causes. And these are just some examples to, you know, get us thinking. So let's take neglect as an example. And I hope I'm not triggering anyone here, but do remember triggers are good. So neglect would also mean being unseen, unheard, ignored, that you don't matter. And as an adult, let's say we're in a meeting 
And we feel that every time we say something, people seem to ignore us. Now, this may be true or maybe, well, not to say we imagine it, but we feel it a lot more intensely than necessary because of our history, because of our past. Now, there are two things that we can do. We could say, hey, excuse me, I just said something. Could you listen, damn it? Or we could brew over it silently, you know, getting angrier and angrier inside and and all the time with this on the outside having this smile and acting as though we're totally fine with everything. Or we could examine that trigger. Were you neglected as a child? Were you dehumanized? Most of what people do to us is not personal, you know. To be honest, they don't care. Most people are just too self-absorbed to notice how we feel. And yet we take it so personally. Why? Well, because there's some deep-rooted shit in us that those triggers just, you know, stirred up. I get it, you know. I really do. It's very unpleasant to look into our triggers, but it is important. You know, if you really want self-love, then being honest with ourselves is the first thing we need to do. That's something doable, you know. I mean, human beings' capacity for self-deception is amazing. And we often mistake that for self-love. Self-deception is not self-love. Honesty is self-love. Now, let's take another example, the opposite of being neglected. You were constantly being told that you were smart, good-looking, and all the good stuff when, as a child, you hadn't even developed the concept of self yet. So you may grow up with imposter syndrome, where you don't believe you deserve all that praise. So when someone gives you a compliment, you might flinch, or you might think they're lying to get something from you, because it triggers your imposter syndrome. Another example is if we were constantly told as a child that we were malicious, selfish, or unworthy, then we may spend most of our adult life trying to prove to others that we're a good person. That's like blood to a shark because, you know, there are many people out there who can smell it and take advantage of us. And then we wonder why bad things happen to good people. You know, all this is rubbish, right? Garbage, nonsense programmed into us before we even developed a personality. Look, it's time to undo, unlearn and unprogram ourselves. Who are we really? Are we all those things that people said we were? Who are we? You know, for as long as we can't answer that question, we'll keep on playing the role assigned to us since childhood, and we'll continue to create our external reality based on that role. No, we don't want that. We don't want to continue doing that because it's, it's our vibes, you know, we project externally what we believe we are deep down. What we project out into the world makes people treat us the way they do. And, you know, people who have been neglected in childhood may desperately long for attention and love, and that desperation repels others. Let's change it. Be who we really are. Be brave enough to show others who you are and risk losing them. You have to lose them before you get better people who are more suited to you to come into your life. I'm sure you've heard of manifestations, yeah? Some people manifest tons of money, the ideal partner, flourishing businesses, you know, whatever, whatever they want. Here's what I want you to know. We are all great manifestors. I mean, manifesting is not a skill we need to learn and cultivate and practice. We're manifesting every moment of the day. We're already doing it. 
except we don't know that it's our subconscious mind that's doing it. But its intention is not to harm us, though. Its intention is to get our attention. So get to know your subconscious mind and you can change it. What we really need to learn, cultivate and practice is not manifesting, but just to be who we really are. That in itself will manifest whatever you desire. So now I want you to do me a favor, okay? Go through all the stuff you were told that you were, because that was mostly what was programmed into you. You know, it's human nature to constantly seek evidence of our beliefs. For example, if we were told that we were bad or evil, then we're constantly searching for evidence of that. And because we're searching for it constantly, we are giving energy to it. We're focusing too much on that. And the more energy we give it, the more we become the very thing that we don't want to become, if you get what I'm saying. You know, with affirmations like, I love myself, I'm beautiful, I'm smart, I'm good, I, I'm this and I'm that, you know, those work only on the surface. I mean, don't get me wrong, affirmations are not useless, but we have to know how to use them. I mean, if we use a grass cutter to get rid of weeds, then the grass cutter is useless because it doesn't go down to the roots. So if we use affirmations to change our beliefs that are deeply rooted, it's not going to work. You know, sometimes affirmations work, but uh, that's because you're probably already doing some deep-rooted stuff, you know. The best thing that we can do for ourselves is to be honest with ourselves. You know, in identifying our triggers all the way from early childhood, but not blaming anyone. I mean, it doesn't matter if what they did was right or wrong or if they did it to us deliberately or unknowingly. All that doesn't matter, not one bit. Now, I want you to do one thing. Love yourself enough not to focus on them, on people who hurt you or who treated you unfairly, those that abused you. Stop thinking about them now. Be aware of your thoughts. If they go into ruminating and resenting, just put a stop to it immediately, you know, snap your finger or, or something like that, but just snap out of it. And soon it'll become a habit. When we stop putting energy into those thoughts, they will start shrinking. They will die. And eventually it'll become nothing. Don't give energy to it. Don't give your attention to it. It doesn't deserve your attention. So look into what triggers you. It's going to be very unpleasant, you know, I'll tell you that, but it's worth it. It doesn't seem like self-love, but that's the contradiction. It is. Self-love is not cosmetic. It's not a band-aid. You know, it goes deep into the heart of things and the effects are lasting. So good luck with that. Please write in the comment if you found it helpful. Um, and I'll see you soon. Take care and bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you found this of value, please follow and share it.